Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp. Conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're at your favorite spot, your favorite podcast on the planet, the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. We have the beautiful Swetka Petkova. Did I say that correct? Petkova. Good. Hi, April. Good. I'm trying to get my Russian better. It's it's not easy. Are you Russian or Ukrainian? What what part of Eastern Europe? None of them? Absolutely neither. No, I'm Bulgarian. Bulgar- okay, so give us an education as far as geographics. Where is Bulgaria in so, the world? So Bulgaria is just north of Greece and Turkey. Um, and east of Macedonia, and, um, Serbia, Yugoslavia, uh, and south of Romania and the Danube. Now, was and that once sea. upon a time a part of the European Union? Never? It, it is part of the European Union, yes. It was never part of the um, Soviet Union. Oh, okay. All right. And where are you living at now, Svetka? I'm in between the United States and Australia. So more in the United States than in Australia, but we're currently holidaying throughout Australia. I love Australia. What part of Australia are you in? We are in Victoria, which is um, just around Melbourne. Yeah, BC. And we're heading to Sydney tomorrow. Oh, wow. I'm sure you've been there before. You've been there before? Of course. Of course. I know. That that Sydney, it reminds me a lot of San Diego, where I live. You know, I love that. I love the opera house. And they make the best mojitos. So if you do do have a, a cocktail, that's a great place. So we want to go into a little bit about your story and how you show up in the mm. world and what you are doing for other women. From what I see on your profile, you are about abundance. So I want you to tell us a little bit about you, how you show up in the world. Uh, according to your profile, it says more time, energy, and abundance. You help busy women in their 40s who are ready to change to find more time gain more energy, improve their health through mindset and practical transformation. That's a lot of heavy lifting. And Brains, what I need for you to do is to pay attention because you're responsible for this. This is not her responsibility. She's going to give you the tools. She's going to be your facilitator and your guide, but you have to show up and do the work. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Spot on April. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about you and, and, you know, your history and how you came to this point. Well, um, the short history that's related to what I do now is I've spent um, about three decades working really hard, just like most women do. You know, you, you work not 40 hours a week, you work 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week. It feels like we work whilst we sleep. I don't know if anyone else has that experience, but, you know, waking up in the middle of the night thinking of something that we need to do tomorrow or next week or 
a bill that we forgot to pay or something else. We are busy all the time. Our minds are busy and we seem to be at work regardless of what we do. And if we also have a job and a career, then we double the busyness. It seems like we are just busy from the day we start going to school through the day we die. We look after others. We um, are the ones that are expected to hold the family together. We are the glue in society. Um, without us, the sporting clubs are struggling. Like we are everywhere. We volunteer. We um, are the mama's taxi service. Um, so we're the, we we're the sex kitten. We're not even talking about the dominion on the relationship. Us as women, we work ourselves to a state. No, no, no. I was saying, and we're not even talking about the relationship, the relationship with our partners. We haven't even talked about the demands on that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, April. We haven't. And what normally happens with us is we keep going until something happens in our lives and we either get really sick and we can't keep going um, or something else happens, like a relationship breakdown, or we lose our jobs, that really shocks us out of existence. Otherwise, we keep going on this autopilot, and we keep on taking more and more responsibilities and, and jobs and tasks. And um, how often do you hear, oh, you didn't remind me about that? Responsibility to remind you. Right. But it's expected. And yeah. And we, oh. as little kids, we always grow up that way. Right. So did Promise. you have a breakdown in communication? You know, were you in a corporate setting or were you working and you just found this burnout? How did you get to this point? Well, um, so for me, it's um, it was a, a health care. Um, mm. And I remember just sitting in the doctor's office thinking, well, if that turns out to be that way, well, what's next? And, and and how can I deal with everything else and continue to have a normal life um, and just continue to support everyone and everything? And then it just, like the, the pressure just fell off because I realized that I actually don't have to. None of us have to continue to do everything. We We actually have to start looking after ourselves and we need to learn the tools that allows us to look after ourselves. Because you know, April, for so many decades, self-care has been linked to vanity, to um, um, like narcissism, to, you know, oh yeah, you put yourself first because you're more important. Well, I am the one that needs to do the rest of the things. So if I'm not whole and complete, can't do it right so you came to a pivotal so, point um, in your life it, for me it was watching so many women go through burnout and then not being able to come back you know how long it takes um after a proper burnout for someone to go back into work into um career into even a family it could take years so you came to a pivotal point yeah. You came to a pivotal point and you said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Now my physical health is being impacted. 
which is mm. affecting every aspect of my life. You pumped the brakes. Yeah. And what did you do at that point? You started coaching? What you started doing some more self-care? What, what, what was your steps? Yeah. So for many, many years, I've done a lot of self-development. I think most of, of us um, as, as people, we take it upon ourselves to better ourselves all the time. So I took it a few steps further to see, well, how can I help others not to fall in the same traps? How to help women who wear business as a badge of honor to realize that you can still do a lot of things, but you don't have to be busy. You can actually be centered. And there's a difference between being busy and being impactful. Absolutely. They're two oh, totally absolutely. different things. Oh, I'm so busy. Busy doing what? <laughs> you know. Mm. So are they impactful? Are they insightful? Are you making a difference? And a strong leader also knows how to uh, delegate. Absolutely. And you know, April, there's another distinction here. It's busy doing or busy being. Mm -hmm. So busy doing are all the things we do, but then we take it on as our personality. And then when people ask you, how are you going? I'm busy. Or uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, I'm really busy all the time. Uh, I've got so much on. We take it as if that's us. And busyness is doing is one thing because technically you can stop yourself from doing. But when you absorb it as your personality and you think it's you, then you can't get out of that trap. And, you know, I have a, a gorgeous client who wanted self-care and wanted to look after herself. And really her health was really struggling. But she kept on referring to herself as, uh, just busy is who I am. And breaking that cycle of that's who I am is what really gets the best results in coaching. So how do you coach these individuals? Because in conjunction with being busy, some of them also deal with the overachiever syndrome or they, the imposter syndrome. They are putting on this brave front, again, that they can be all, do all to everybody mm. until they crash and burn. What are some of your key steps in helping them break through that as a coach? Well, the first thing is really realizing what business gives us. Like, why do we need to be busy? And for many women, it is the need to feel important, the, the need mm -hmm. to feel like you're contributing. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, if if not me, who? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and for some women, it is because we don't value ourselves enough. And if we put everyone else's needs ahead of ours, you know, we can still feel like we are second grade citizens. People mm. feel good about it because we've contributed to others. So sometimes we hide the fact that we don't think we are good enough. Mm. Um, sometimes, yes, you mentioned overachievers. Um, some people just want to prove that they can do it all and have it all. Mm. But again, you can't be it all. 
Right. Because, yeah, we, we just overload ourselves. Um, and, and really the payback, once you understand what your payback is, you can start to wind it back. And again, as I said, for some of us, our payback is the fact that we feel like we're contributing. So if we are not that busy, we feel like we're not contributing enough. For some of us, it is our expression of care. You know, it's how we show we care about everyone around us because we remember everyone's birthdays, anniversaries, dental appointments, um, you know, football games, baseball games, you name it. We remember it all because that's how we feel useful. So once we understand what is it that people really get out of it as a benefit or secondary gain, we can actually break the pattern. Now, let me ask another question here. Just This is culturally, because I've never hmm. been to Bulgaria. Are women more subdued? That's I don't want to say suppressed because, you know, but are they more subdued? Are they more culturally sensitive towards family or towards career? You know, United States, you've got a lot of women that are career-oriented. You know, it's all about the hard charge. It's all about making all the money. It's about sit, having, you know, that those red bottom shoes and pencil skirt and sitting at the, the corporate desk, you know, and then coming home and, and trying to be everything to everybody. Or is it more a sense of family comes first, career comes second? What is the culture there among women in Bulgaria? I'll say that in our generation, so it's women that are above 40s, um, we grew up in career and family need to go together. Mm. So you need to have a career. You can't just be um, a family person. That was for our grandparents. It, it mm. doesn't suit us. So it, it's whether it's Bulgaria, whether it's the United States or in, the same in Australia, it's career is valued quite highly. And then it's expected that as a, as a woman, you'll be able to do it all. Mm. And then you're told as society that you can't have it all so you try even harder to make sure that you can it's that vicious circle because you need to prove that you can um career although it's important to to females in in all those countries it's seen as a bonus as a, something that's a privilege to have so if you can't handle the family and all the other responsibilities you need to let go of your career. You've seen how many women have to stop working because they need to care for someone in their family or because the kids are not behaving quite well at school and they need a little bit of extra attention. That's the normal expectation. And yes, we grow up in those societies and those morals and those norms um, dictate how we behave and what we think is the right thing to do. So as you went on this self-development journey, you you know, you've worked with some of the heavy hitters. What are some of the key things that you have learned as far as transferable skills that you teach your clients in your program? One of the first things I teach them is to recognize their patterns and understand the strategies that they run. Because everything we do is, as I said, it's autopilot. As kids, we get programmed with different things based on what we observe at home, 
um, our schooling, our um, culturally, um, the morals at the time, what society deems acceptable and not. And we sort of carry them through to adulthood. And then we continue to embellish them. Mm. So what I help my clients do is actually see them and recognize them and then make a decision of, of all of those things, what continuously serves them and what's no longer relevant and they can let go of it. Right. And then I teach them how to let go of things like that. Yeah. How to, how to delegate and still find a sense of self-worth, you know, um, mm. Just empty silence can speak volumes. Just yeah. that quiet time to get clarity and to process. I just finished a great book, Atomic Habits. And yes. yeah, and so what I've done is I've learned to multitask in a different type of way. I might be editing and exercising at the same time. You know, I might be eating my lunch and journaling at the same time, but I try to incorporate more than one task to do one as a reward and one as a task. I've gotten to this other thing where I uh, share this with people. I give myself stars. Share this with people. I give myself these little gold stars. I used to get those when I was in kindergarten. Mm. But I, it doesn't have to be this huge, grandiose thing. Just a little something that says, hey, I acknowledge who I am. I'm good enough. I've done everything that I said I was going to do. And I look on my desk sometimes and there's no stars, but I don't beat myself up because, you know, those are days that I was kind of lazy and I didn't want to do everything. People don't give themselves any flexibility. What do you do? For self-care, now that you're in this headspace, you've done all the work. What do you do to take care of yourself and keep yourself balanced so that you're able to be a clean vessel to work with your clients? So I do a few things. And for my clients, I recommend a myriad of things because as you said, everything is quite individual. It needs to suit the person. So I've learned the power of the pause to be able to just really pause myself and just recenter re-familiarize with where I am now um, then be able to step back and say well out of everything what is the one thing that I really must do like yes we have huge to-do lists and our to-do lists are never done um, our personal to-do lists are never done at work it's impossible um, and people get really stressed and burnout because they try to go through the to-do list, which is never ending. We all know that companies are trying to cut on costs. So you don't have the recruitment that you need. So you get more work to do uh, and your to-do list just keeps on growing. And then, of course, we get stressed and then we actually get short. And then we get a little bit um, angry, maybe. Or we get a little, a little bit, bit uh, snappy. Don't don't be a woman over forty going through menopause. You get crazy. <laughs> and then oh, that impacts our relationships. As we spoke earlier, we haven't even touched on relationships and the stress that that brings. Both the stress we bring into the relationship, but also the stress that a good relationship and what it should look like brings on us. 
because we try to do everything right by our partners or our families. And that puts all the pressure and stress back on us. So it's but what women don't do, Svetka, is delegate. They they a lot of times they take on all this responsibility. The kids can do certain things. The husband can do certain things. You train your colleagues and your you cross train your colleagues and your team members uh, to do different functions. Sometimes people get very possessive about oh I'm the only person that can do this and it's got to be my way. They don't allow the flexibility and the ingenuity for others to incorporate their ideas and their skills. You would be surprised at what other people can do. It's about working smarter not harder. And that's that's absolutely right. Maybe half of the time, that's exactly what's happening. The rest of the time, when we delegate, so because we are, we've been trained for so many years to do things and to do them in the most quick and efficient way. You know, as a woman, you clean the house, how much faster than if you delegate it to someone else? Because you've done it for so long. And then you watch them do it twice as slow or miss the corners or do something else. And you're like, oh, my God, I might as well just do it. Because the frustration that that brings it with the task not quite being done. And then you know that you're wasting someone's time because they're spending twice as long. And it just we take it back on us. So sometimes it is because we want to be in control. And sometimes it is because we mistakenly think we're compassionate because we can do it faster. Right. And then the other person doesn't have to waste that much time. But it's about patience. They'll never learn. But it is about Mm. patience. Patience is, you know, and how you process information and how you let it impact you. When I turned 60, I woke up that morning and I had the greatest epiphany. I said, April, it's all about how you process it. You don't have to be overly anxious. You don't have to respond to every question. You don't have to be combative. You just sometimes just let it, let it flow, let it work itself out. So you do have a, a, a daughter and a son that are not cleaning the way that you like them. This is a time to educate them. This is a time to see what they do, do right and reward and recognize for that because there's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of growing opportunities, even with ourselves. When we make mistakes and we have stumbling blocks, those are huge opportunities to make adjustments and corrections because now we have a template as to what we don't want to do. So we've done some heavy conversation here. Let's ask some fun questions about you. How about that? Yes. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, which appliance would you be and why? Ooh, I would love to be the Thermomix. Because the Thermomixer does everything. But it does it quick. It does it smart. Um, it looks sleek. Mm. Um, and it's easy to clean. Like, really. Clean. Yeah, I know. Okay, so you guys call it a thermal mix. We call it a vitamin. A, vi- a vitamix. Ooh. 
And so same thing, can you make like soups in it and you can make ice cream and everything in this one container? You can make casseroles and jams and oh my God, everything. Wow, that is great. What is some of your guilty pleasures? When you just want to be whimsical and nobody else is watching, what are some of the fun things that you like to do? Oh, guilty pleasures. Um, look, chocolate is always one of mine. Mm. I love my chocolate. I actually don't feel guilt about it nope. because I'm very aware, conscientious of what I'm doing to myself and just enjoying it. Um, I do love books. If I could crawl somewhere, lay on a hammock or do something like this and hide with a book, mm. I can be hidden away for hours and hours until someone finds me and reminds me I have to do stuff. Wow. What would you tell a 25-year-old Swetka? Oh, well, I certainly would remind her to just make sure that she looks after herself and that she pauses and asks herself, hey, what do I really want in life? Is this how I want my life to be like? Is there something else I want to achieve or do or be? And make sure that I double check that I'm on the path that I've chosen again and again, every single time. So every single time I make a decision, I just double check. Is this where I want to go or is this where society or family expectations want me to go? That's powerful. That's very powerful. Hmm. If you had three magical wishes, what would they be? Oh, three magical wishes. Um, they'll be very magical, April. First one will be to combat climate change. Oh, to I be just, able to stop this and reverse it. I just came back from Alaska and I tell you, Rains, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but it was quite disappointing. It was quite disappointing. Mm. The icebergs were up under the water. You couldn't see them. We go to Juneau, Alaska. There's nothing cold there. People are wearing shorts. It's 75, 80 degrees. Wow. The uh, wildlife is, because I, I went a few years ago, was not to the magnitude. You know, you, you see the otters and a lot of uh, whales and dolphins. On, you didn't see that as much. There is definitely something happening. So I, I'm with you on that wish. Your other two? Yeah. Well, the next one will be to empower people. And, well, I work with women, but that's men are no exclusion. To, to do the best they can with the superpowers that they've been given, with the skills that they've been given to build and to contribute to the world. Like the universe will give them back. They, we just, if we all contribute, this world will be, a much better place um and the third one the third one will be to stop abuse and slavery mm -hmm. yeah that's you know that's 
I live here in San Diego, and unfortunately, it is a thoroughway for human trafficking. And, you, you know, being a woman of, from that culture, I understand it may be better than a lot, um, but it is very, very, still very relevant and very prevalent in the world today, mm. all across the world. It's not just in one yes. particular area. You said something that was uh, great, was my next question. What is your superpower? Well, my superpower is really connecting dots. So my superpower is similar to, you know, when you look at the night sky and you can see constellations, mm -hmm. I can see constellations in things, in patterns, in mm. in people, in way of thinking, in strategies. In So I can see the bigger picture, but in that sense, I can connect the dots for people. So that's my superpower. Wow, that's great. What planet are you from? <laughs> um, I think I'm from the planet of optimism. Oh, you've got your own. I love it. I'm from Jupiter. Of course. I like all the rings and the colors and all that kind of stuff going on. That's crazy. Wouldn't. Yeah. And yeah. what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want um, women to know that they are the creator of their own destiny of their own life, of their own story, and that they have a responsibility to create that story and to share their superpower with the world. I think that's very powerful. So please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, how to work with you. Uh, you do some amazing short, um, intimate clips on Facebook. Brains, I mean, you know, she goes deep. I've watched several of them and they're very impactful. They're not long, but they're very insightful. They go right to the point. I think working with her would be absolutely fantastic. So tell my brains how to get in contact with you. Yeah, so um, as you can imagine, April, I'm on all the different platforms. I try to share knowledge and, and information everywhere from YouTube through to Facebook. Um, the best thing for, for people to know exactly what's coming next is to join my Facebook group, which is called Needle Movers Community. And if they join my Facebook group, that's where I share information on masterclasses, um, challenges. I do boot camps. I do a lot of things. And most of them are actually free resources. So, um, if people want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, there's opportunities and they can get in touch with me through Facebook. That's probably the easiest way. Um, my website, and I think you actually had it in one of your promos, is um, thecoachingconsultancy.com, which allows people to book in um, appointments and, and the likes. But please feel free to friend me on Facebook, um, join my Facebook group, because you will have access to all the resources. As you know, Facebook doesn't show all our posts all the time. So the Facebook group is where most things will be happening. Yeah. Facebook group, go to her. Uh, you're on LinkedIn. Are you on also on Twitter? Oh, yes. yes. Go to all yes. the hotspots. If you don't see it on one, you'll definitely see it on the other. Make the one-on-one -on -one connection. Do the deep dive. Figure it out, you know, try to get the answer to the question. Don't live your entire life 
in a state of flux and asking, well, if I could have, I would have, or I should have. Be a doer, be a thinker, be a risk taker. That's what this journey is about. We are here for two purposes, brains. One is to learn and one is to teach. And that's it. Thank you so much for being here on the edge with me. Uh, I think that you are very smart. I think that you're very caring. Uh, I'm glad that you're on the other side of not feeling well, but you're able to be like a river and pour into other individuals, other women that really need this. And I'm telling you, once you get your head together, every aspect of your life will get better. Your health, your finances, your career, you know, your friendships, your waistline, <laughs> all of those and then some. Thank you so much, Wetka. I think that you are the best. Thank you for having me, April. And thanks, all brains, for listening and engaging. And I'm looking forward to making new friends. All right. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye.